back. We are on we are on episode 76 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of Five Minutes of Mime.com. And our special guest today. From the upcoming podcast, Bat Minute 89, it's Niall and John. Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. Oh, hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Wow. It's great. It's great to be here. Great to have you guys. So excited. Um, loved your episode zero, so to speak, and very excited to have Bat Minute 89 all queued up in my, my podcatcher and <laughs> coming at me. And uh, you guys will tell us about it more later in this ep, but I'm varied about it oh thank you thanks good to hear yeah yeah we're we're both looking forward to it but for now we've asked you here today to discuss minute 76 of the movie this is spinal tap and minute 76 starts with nigel alone backstage listening to the opening notes of tonight we end with the band playing while nigel sings along in the wings and in between the band is playing their their rocking good tune tonight we're gonna rock you tonight so uh, this is exciting, yeah. Yeah, and it's exciting for us to, you know, to come on the show, uh, the show to talk about uh, a minute where there's no dialogue and there's uh, <laughs> we're just we're just covering a song that's already been covered earlier in the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I did find it quite hard to make some notes, but uh, it's 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 a good minute anyway. I, it's it's a great song. It is good, and I'm, I'll start with, so we've got just a few seconds of, you know, Nigel's left alone backstage after the band has left, and oh, this is kind of a, a holdover from the previous minute, but one thing I thought was interesting is when Nigel comes in to greet the band, as we see it on the screen, he's coming in from left to right, and then when when David and the band, when they leave to, to take the stage, they're going the other way, they're going right to left. And typically in, in film theory, the good guys come in from the left. That left to right movement is supposed to be like settling and make the audience feel good. While things that move right to left, that's usually the bad guy. That's the that's a, a that motion in that direction is unsettling to the audience. So I, I thought it was interesting that we we've kind of unconsciously or, or subliminally set up that Nigel is is the good guy coming into the situation and maybe the band as they go off leaving one of their members behind they're in the the bad position is that like a thing left over from from uh, theater productions and and stuff like that uh i'm not i'm not sure that the history of it ah, seems like something from plays it does it does but yeah, i'm that- not sure either i know i've seen some of those YouTube montages of, say, that kind of example of film mm. theory, where they show that over and over and over again with a bunch of different movies. But yeah, I'm not sure of the origin. Well, it, yeah. it works I, as well, because you, you feel really sorry for him. You're on his side in a way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I will yeah. also add in, though, that, uh, you know, while that's all well and good, we, we do already know that Spinal Tap are a band who have difficulty finding a, a stage at times. So there's <laughs> right. a good chance they've actually walked out the wrong door there as well. So. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a good chance if Nigel just stands there for about 30 seconds, they may be back. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole other, like it's an hour of deleted footage. Of just, you know, oh, it's, it's over here, isn't it? No, 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 I came in that way. No, you're supposed to. No. I, don't know, I don't know where it is. No. I feel their pain. That's me whenever I go to a gig trying to find the bathroom. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had nightmares about that. I I went to a high school in Salt Lake City, Utah for a very short amount of time in a very um, tumultuous time in my teenagedom. And the school was built circularly. So it was like two circles connected, I guess, kind of like a infinity. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really confusing to find my you know, room, my classrooms and the bathrooms. And it, I still have nightmares about that school. Oh, God, I would just be lost. <laughs> I just had the uh, the kind of strange boast of, uh, much like uh, Eddie K. Thomas in American Pie, in high school, I never used the bathroom in the school. <laughs> it, was, oh my God. It, was that, it was that disgusting. And it was just like, nope, I'll hold it. Like, I, I, can, I can hold it. Because I live like right down the road from the school. So it's like, I'll go home at lunchtime and then take care of business. <laughs> and then, but in the daytime, I was like, no, no, I'm like, I'm like a camel. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. So. <laughs> oh, the bladders of youth. <laughs> well, I understand now. It's like two or three times in the night. I'm like, what's going on with me? <laughs> oh, but we're getting old now. Yeah, this is like a, this, you know, on my thirtieth birthday, getting up for that second trip to the bathroom, going, "This is it. It's, it's finally <laughs> happened." So. This took a weird turn pretty quickly. It did. It did. <laughs> we must all feel pretty comfortable with each other for getting into the bathroom humor right up front here. I well, think I thing- would be. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, no. Go ahead. Uh, I just will say, like, while we have a shot of Nigel, I think I would be remiss not to mention that I have that T-shirt. The, uh, oh, nice. The, the green uh, skeleton t-shirt. Although I, I have to say, I'm not a fan of his pairing with the uh, the, the yellow trousers. <laughs> I think that's a... Yeah. I, don't, I don't commonly wear yellow myself. It's a bit too bright for me. But I think that contrast there is a bit garish. And it's like, I would, you know, I've had, a, I've had this, uh, uh, you know, create outfits with that t-shirt in mind, and I would never have incorporated yellow trousers into any of them. So. But Niall, I do have a question for you. Um, are your bones green? Uh, no, but, uh, well, it's, it's, the, it's the vein that's blue, you see, John. Like, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never checked my bones, so, like, I can't say for sure, but uh, hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> Yeah, that's not his best look. You know, he's usually pretty stylish. I was looking a little closer at the pants because, I mean, I was hanging out in this era, you know, of the 80s, the early 80s, wearing, you know, some of the fashions of the day. And there was a time where those painter pants were like everybody wore them no matter kind of who you were. And I definitely had them not in that yellow color, but kind of that classic, like creamy off-white color. But they were like everybody from a rocker to not maybe not a preppy, but, you know, every kind of most every person in the 80s had those and then they started doing sort of that the pop art of the 80s that was so big at the time mm. you started seeing those painter pants and like overalls on um, a lot of pop artists of the day so then people started wearing those painter pants but splattered with paint you know like you're making it your own thing like <laughs> artistically cool. splattering it and having that kind of keith herring sort of look going that's a good look i think you know but yeah. I, what do i know i'm sat here in tartan pants so <laughs> <laughs> i do have to say as, as like a, as a fan of the podcast too like every time that heidi mentions like oh this well i was in a band at this time and every time i always imagine a completely different era and a completely different type of band <laughs> a different type of fashion so i've got about like 90 different versions of heidi in my head of like hardcore punk heidi folk rock heidi <laughs> like goth heidi it's just, every time it's just like it's 
much like you know the Spinal Tap drummers. It's more like, well, what? But you know, how many bands have had Heidi Bennett in them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she just has quite a few. Like, Every genre, <laughs> pretty well, much. You, yeah. you say you, you, that you like his fashion normally, but I, personally, I'm a big fan of uh, of Derek's quite oh, yeah. sexy fashions throughout this movie. Um, <laughs> but I, I when I, I watched this again in preparation, yet yeah. again, I was I, I've always wondered what the football. Well, soccer to you, the football shirt he wears is. So I, I right. looked into that. I don't know if you've mentioned that already. We have, but it's been a little while, so oh, yeah, feel cause... free to bring up anything. Well, I, I was just rather taken. They, they must have done their research because it's a very random uh, team to pick because it's Shrewsbury Town, who mm-hmm. are absolutely not a big team. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I don't know how they even heard of them, to be honest. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite look. Yeah, I like that look. And I agree. He's got real sexy fashions and then <laughs> and the jerseys. That was another thing that was really big in the 80s too, so. Yeah. Well, so yeah. I, so I wonder being more familiar with English football than I am. Hmm. What what are your feelings on so he as you mentioned, he's wearing the Shrewsbury Town jersey, but we often see it paired with a West Ham cap. Yeah, that's a bit strange to be honest. You wouldn't most people wouldn't normally like two teams. It's not really a done thing. Very odd. I did like as well though I uh, you might have mentioned this. David uh, St. Hubbins wears something football related as well. At one point, he's wearing a scarf from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I so that's think an, that's another good little bit of research I think because they haven't just picked yeah. the big team at the time like Liverpool where we are. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that these guys seem like legitimate uh, Anglophiles. Like, I think they yeah. they definitely d- they knew their stuff going in anyway. Like, because like you know, it's, you know, it's been covered well enough in this podcast that like they completely absorbed into these characters. So, uh, oh yeah, I, I imagine there was no faffing about in terms of like getting every little minute detail about every aspect of their <laughs> lives sorted well in advance. So, yeah. So, speaking of that, what what are your takes on their accents? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go first, now. Well, see, like I, I, I myself, I'm not English. I'm Irish, but though, mm-hmm. like, I, I try to like I put on a bit more of an exaggerated enunciation accent when I'm <laughs> podcasting, so people can understand me, and hopefully they do. But to me, the accents sound great. Like I, I, I didn't know better. Like I would sit down and be like, oh yeah, those are English men. Like, and I, I would. It reminds me a bit of because I've seen you know a, a lot of their other work, and uh, when you see like. Christopher Guest showing up in Best in Show was a very kind of southern, almost borderline redneck kind of character. Mm-hmm. That's very you know stark because I know him so well. It's like oh, he's I, I almost would have thought he was English. I have no problems with the accent at all. I thought I thought they were done very well, but uh, well, wow. <laughs> apparently John John does have, <laughs> he has different feelings on the matter. So well. They're not. They're not terrible. Don't get me wrong. I've heard worse. Mary Poppins, you know that movie. <laughs> um, that's yeah. the worst of all time. They're okay. They've done. They've made a good effort. But they're not. They're not. They're not the best. They're not. They're not great. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to insult them too much though, because I also think the other way round. I hate Hugh Laurie's voice in House. I don't understand mm. how people can tolerate that because he doesn't sound American. Maybe just yeah. because we know who he is. Right. So, like, you know, they're doing well. They're doing their best. I think, like, in, even in the pre-house days, because I remember when they were casting for Superman Returns, Hugh Laurie was up for Perry White. And I remember at that point, I don't think House had aired, and it was, I was like, Hugh Laurie from Blackadder. 
Like that, right. he's playing one an American and two Perry White, and then now Post House is like, oh, I totally get that now. But back then, I was just like, are you crazy? He can't do that. But <laughs> although it's weird, actually saying that, saying that I don't really like their accents that much, I also can't disassociate them from these characters. As you said, Mal, mm. when when I see them in other things, I just think of this movie. Yeah, it's very one of the the most distracting ones. It's like. I've gotten used to it with uh, Michael McKean just because of, of Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah. Right. But then, yeah. because he looks so different, but at the same time, it's just like, there will be little moments where, like, the light will catch him, and it's just like, oh, it's David St. <laughs> Hubbins. Like, it just comes back to him, like, every, every again. So. If only. <laughs> that would have been interesting if that was one of his, um, where he kind of goes off the rails if he started <laughs> St. Hubbinsing all over the place on Better Call Saul. Like, <laughs> like, like uh, Jimmy, Jimmy McGill coming in and was like, oh, you know, Chuck, it, it, it really puts things in perspective. Uh, too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, they really did enough. manage to get a little bit of... Um, uh, I know I mentioned this already, so but just that Jimmy, when he gets his director's persona on, he does a he kind of gets into his uh, Marty DeBergi garb. Yeah, oh, okay. watch. his inner his inner Marty. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it must be absolute. Like I, I think I think I would find it hell like working with these guys though, because I would cause if I was a director, I'd be like, can I put in a little spinal tap nod, or will they get really annoyed? <laughs> like, but they don't seem like the type that would get annoyed. I can imagine that they would be well up for like, oh yeah, of course, you know, we we you know we love those characters, we keep going back to them. So right, yes. So yeah, is there anything else particular to this minute that anybody wants to comment on? Uh, I will say. Um, Briefly going back to Derek Fashion, I've yeah. got a my, my note for some reason next to it is because uh, he's got this really tight striped vest with one shoulder. I've just right. got written uh, Avril yeah. Lavigne crossed with Caveman. <laughs> <laughs> so I see like a tight vest like that, like in a little spaghetti string. And it's like right, it's, it's kind of like an Avril Lavigne look, but it's it's got one shoulder missing. It's like oh, it's like it's yeah, and then he looks very caveman-ish as well so i thought you were gonna say yeah. you look like avril levine in general not just <laughs> well, i haven't seen her in a while so like who I can't wore it best if, yeah. if she grew a mustache yeah. <laughs> though it seems kind of backwards there's as you mentioned it's it's got the one strap the shirt but it's the opposite side of the strap for the bass guitar so he's got like just bare shoulder that's rubbing on the leather strap from the guitar. I would think yeah, yeah. If, the, if the shirt had the strap on the other shoulder, then the guitar strap would go on that. Probably be more comfortable. Yeah, you don't want that rubbing. That, oh, the chafing. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Although, Speaking yeah, although of- Derek doesn't seem like someone who minds to have leather up against his skin. <laughs> oh, yeah, one course, thing yeah. I noticed, too, yeah, was that he's wearing his tight pants, his... um spandex what do you call his spandex but he's also got like a cod piece or jock strap type of thing over over (laughs) he's a man who doesn't learn either does he he's (laughs) he's gone through trouble with this already and he's like no i'm sticking with i'll just get another thing hey we've we've all we've all worn the tight pants anyway you know we've all been through that phase i I can't attest to uh john's fandom of derek's fashion because like i've seen this guy show up in some just leather straps and uh, (laughs) all variations of spandex and uh (laughs) tight leather so it's like i I did once we're gonna gonna, gonna have to have a word about this someday (laughs) 
I did once have a pair of PVC pants. Like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's about as far as I've gone. That's as close as I've gone to these. Those you, don't uh, really breathe, do they? <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, no. Have you guys seen the? Uh, apparently, this is a thing. So I've seen a few videos on YouTube of people just like taking them out to wear them to show them off. But like the thing that uh, Top Man in the UK, they're selling at least as uh, for like fifty quid is uh, see-through plastic jeans. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And just, I'm pretty sure I've seen Iggy Pop wear those like back in the day. Yeah, Iggy Pop like, used to wear them. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it's just odd now, but I've seen like you know vloggers come out and go like, look at the shape of these things. How am I supposed to? You know? And then going about their day and just everyone just gawking at them and then <laughs> filming themselves going, these are terrible. They're so uncomfortable, <laughs> but they're still fifty quid. What, who who is going to buy these for legitimate reasons? But well, back in the, back in the seventies uh, here in the UK, it was it was quite a popular sort of popular punk look to um, for women to go. To clubs and that, like uh, basically naked, except they were wearing a see-through plastic raincoat. Was that right? <laughs> right. Was the the shocking look of the time. So you know, Niall, I think people are going to wear those. Oh, we never know. Could come back. Be like, uh, is this you just trying to tell me, John, that, that you've just bought yourself a pair of plastic jeans? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and the next I, I time I see you, you're just going to be sitting like Sharon Stone in basic in, basic instincts style, just with <laughs> the legs split. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> yeah i think um yeah the big difference besides the fact that now everybody can blog about something and really point out its ridiculousness at the moment is that back then it was like cutting edge punk style and it was rebellious and on yeah. the cheap in most cases but this it's we're also saying look why are you paying for this this is ridiculous <laughs> like paying for the jeans that are you know super distressed and all that stuff or have oh, oh my well, god I'm, I'm a big fan of the more ridiculous the better <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> well you're in good company with spinal tap because you've got some wonderful ridiculous costumes with these guys oh yeah you need to have fun with how you look you know For you sure. don't be afraid to look stupid yeah there's definitely a, a fine line between clever and stupid, and I've crossed it many times. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> um, let's see. What else was I thinking about this minute? Anything else you got? You know, David's shirt is, like, wide open, too. Every time we see him in the last two or three minutes, that shirt gets more and more open. It looks like <laughs> by the end, he won't even have it on. <laughs> The thing David does in this minute that I'm assuming is an, it's, you know, it, it has to be intentional in that uh, I know you guys have talked about like the the questionable lyrics of this song. Well, not even Ooh, questionable, yeah. they're just outright <laughs> repulsive. But right. uh, and, and then there is the kind of well, there's the kind of salvation as well. At least he's rejecting this woman, like he's saying, "I'm not going to sleep with you." But I'm <laughs> right, right. But uh, we have that line about the um, "You're sweet, but you're just four feet, and you've still got your baby teeth." Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> He seems to make himself very toothy. He has like, you know, still got... <laughs> <laughs> he seems to emphasize his own teeth. I'm assuming it was deliberate, but... <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Showing off his own adult, fully formed set of teeth. That's... I have to say, there's, there, you know, in terms of like, I suppose, just in case people haven't seen the film, uh, this minute ends with, you know, Nigel's watching and David starts looking over to him and a kind of like... Mm -hmm. You think something's going to happen. And um, vocally, I think this is the band's weakest performance because 
Derek's backing before I come, when he he comes in. You get a close up of him like right next to the camera, doing you know the rocket, and it sounds right. It sounds terrible. And then David lets out you're like you tonight. It's a real. It's very off key, and it. And I'm assuming like the the only excuse for that could be that. Well, he's seen Nigel, he's thinking about something, and he's distracted in his singing. Uh-huh. So that's why the vocals aren't as powerful as they should be. But uh, Derek has no excuse. He's just a uh, <laughs> vocals, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. kind of wondering if they were, um, if he was fatigued by the end. You know, like this is the end of the tour. Maybe his voice, his vocal cords are a little strained. Because, yeah, it's definitely their most lackluster vocal performance, for sure. Were you definitely. He's definitely distracted there because uh, obviously yes. he sees Nigel. But I, I, I love the look on Nigel's face because it, it's actually for a comedy movie. He's doing some pretty good acting here. Like you can you can see him weighing up what he should do if he should mm-hmm. run onto the stage or not. I thought that was that was quite a nice little moment. Yeah, I yeah. agree. He, he starts he's kind of mouthing the words along at at one moment, so you can see he's he has an emotional connection to this performance and. Yeah, actually, to be fair to them, it actually would be a good example of um, acting without words because you do understand everything that's going on between Nigel's look to Janine, her mm. kind of smug swaying, and her looking at him, mm. and then you know you can you can see the conflict in David. So it, it actually is like you know performance wise, it actually is very good because there's no dialogue to convey what they're they're thinking, but you totally understand what's happening just by looking at them. So. Yeah, it's a it's a good example of um, what do you do with minute by minute viewing of a of a movie, <laughs> and what do you get out of it? But yeah, there's quite a bit. You're totally right. Actually, going going back to that thing you said before, Niall, about the the weakest performance, I did as preparation. I YouTubed a live version of this song, which oh, I think yeah. it was it was at the Royal Albert Hall. I think it was in I think it was about ninety two. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best performance, I'll be honest. But I think they're excused because they were they were flying around on wires. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh my god! No, they're, they're, they're suspended in the air, and uh, in typical Spinal Tap fashion, it, it all goes drastically wrong. No, <laughs> so get out of here! Look that up, look that up on YouTube. Could not have seen that come. To be fair, like, I have to admire their. Uh... They're like they're, they're still like optimism of this band. Like no matter how many technical hitches, no how many times things go wrong, when they come up with an idea of like, oh, why don't we we fly into the stage? That that'll be great, wouldn't it? And it's like they never think like there's a chance that could go wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe we should just you know, walk out onto the stage. I, I as well like I meant to put it up in the groupies lounge actually when the Stonehenge ep- uh, episodes aired because like mm-hmm. there's a lot of. Well, not a lot, but there's a few problems that Tap could have fixed <laughs> very easily in themselves. Like the whole business of Stonehenge is like that's you know one of the best scenes in the film, and I, I love that. And I think like David's reaction face to seeing it coming down is like one of the right. greatest, oh, one of the yes. greatest shots in film history. But um, that could have very easily have been solved by Ian going to them beforehand. Look, there's been a mishap here, and we've not got the right size prop, so you can still perform the song, but just we're not going to have the set piece. And they could have just been like, all right, yeah. yeah but like yeah. for some reason, he's just like, no, I'm just going to tear ahead. And just like, they'll just accept it that it's gone wrong. And then it just seems like that would add into um, the running theory you guys had that like, Ian was trying to get out. Like he was looking for any, like, he was looking for the door basically with this band. Because like, yeah. he is just a flat out idiot, which, you know, he is. But, 
Can't it, seems like the, it seems like that could have been easily fixed as well. And even back with rock and roll creation, it's this whole business of having to set up the pods and then come out and then go back in. And it's like, you could easily have just made that the opener to the show, come out once, get the, rid of the pods, and the show starts. But no, they have, right. yeah. yeah, but they have to do a whole big thing. It's like, you guys are just making it way too complicated for yourself. You're self-sabotaging, un, you know, so un, unbeknownst to yourselves, you know? But mm-hmm. That's the problem. Your idea is logical. <laughs> they are not logical. Right. Mm. Yeah, high concept without a good plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> so speaking of Spinal Tap moments, I believe both of you said that you had maybe a, a tale or two to tell that you've experienced or overheard. Uh, well, I mean, that's uh, that's you want to go first, John. Like, um... Well, um, okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I've been to quite a few gigs where things have gone wrong, obviously, but uh, nothing, nothing too drastic until I saw um, the punk band The Slits. I don't know if you've heard oh, of them. Wow. Um, yeah. It was yeah. it was like the, it was the reformed version of them, though. So they had you know a couple of old members, a couple of new members. They were trying to promote and, and big up. So that that was good. Um, it was here in Liverpool, and then after a couple of songs, I won't name names because it's embarrassing. The keyboard player disappeared. She, completely gone from the stage and I, and then after another another track went by she wasn't back another track went by she wasn't back and i was thinking that's a bit strange what's going on uh, and then the singer ari up uh just before she died she's passed away now sadly she um she got on the mic and said uh, so it's gonna be the worst impression ever she's like i'm sorry about her she has shit herself Oh, no. <laughs> can i swear on the show <laughs> yeah, yeah <that's> fine. <laughs> i thought that was uh brutally honest <laughs> oh, that was brutally honest. <laughs> yeah that's the thing I, she could be lying i don't know yeah, really? it's not the kind of thing you would lie about though i don't think that seems like that's more like you know, there was some other problem, and then it's just like just make up an excuse for me. And it's just yeah. Like, oh, well, you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll make up an excuse for you. <laughs> well, you know, if I was trying to get out of doing something, that would be the lie I came up with because nobody would question you. They just go, oh, "Fine, you're right." Yeah, nobody wants anything to do with the situation after that. Like, no. you're on your own. Yeah. She uh, she never reemerged for the entire night. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's a good story. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but, uh, like I, I, I come from like I'm not musical myself. Well, I like music, but um, my whole family are musicians, though, and like like uh, like of of some stripe, like more some more more than others, kind of thing. Some more than mm-hmm. others. But because my dad's a like he's a guitar player back in the '60s, and he's like been in bands consistently since. And then my my brother. Like the middle brother, he um, they're both like, oh god, yeah, I've got stories. I I can tell you a story, but uh, <laughs> uh, one my brother told me that I thought was like very very Spinal Tap esque was um back in like the what's been like ninety three or ninety four, but apparently before Oasis hit, you know, mm-hmm. Oasis over here are huge, mm-hmm. but uh, and that kind of started the whole was in the midst of Britpop and there was a whole musical uh, renaissance about to occur, but just mm-hmm. before that happened. They got booked in, his band, uh, Uncle Morris, they were called, got booked into this a random sort of dive bar uh, outside of our hometown. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of all came in and like, unpacked all their stuff. And uh, the guy kind of came up to them and he was just like, so what, what, kind, of, what kind of music do you do? And they're like, uh, you know, like, like rock and roll. 
And then there, he said, like, after, he's like, I don't know what this man's definition of rock and roll was, but I'm thinking he was thinking more like Buddy Holly and stuff. Right. And, um, and then it was, so they set up the whole, the, the whole thing, but then they brought, they brought a tape recorder for posterity. And then because they couldn't just put it up on the stage because it would sound terrible, they put it way on the back on the bar. Anyway, they played the first song and apparently said they, they went into like a, a very heavy and even angrier version of a song by the, the Stone Temple Pilots. Mm. And, uh, apparently instantly half the dance floor just emptied oh. <laughs> and after the, the first song the bar manager came up and he's like what are, what are you doing you can't you can't play that like you gotta play something dude you're getting rid of all the punters come on so i think they had to reach, reach a compromise of like oh we'll just play like the ballads we're going to play and stuff and that sort of salvaged the gig but even after that then uh, the next morning they said like they got the they got the tape recording and then they were like oh we'll listen back to hear ourselves and then, uh, but what they didn't realize is because people were standing around the bar and they were <laughs> sitting around listening to the tape recording and they just heard somebody like in the, after the first song going like, oh, so you're going home. And he's like, oh yeah, but I'm not playing rugby. I'm not standing around listening to this shit. And, just, <laughs> <laughs> and, just stormed out. and they all kind of like, uh, just sat, sat with their heads like down going, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, and then just constantly hearing people complaining about them on the way out the door. So, oh. If I was them, I, I would sample all of that for the next track. Totally. Put, put it over the music. Yeah. Don't, don't even have any other vocals. <laughs> but uh, but then even even my dad, like, because he, he again, he was like a rock guy in the in the sixties. But he was telling me a story, like, I, it, it, maybe it probably is the way he told it. But like, I had like I was probably crying laughing when he told me. <laughs> and, uh, but um, he's saying one time that they uh, they set up in like the town hall to play a new like uh, a new set. But they had just got a new drummer, and they were just sort of like everyone was sort of, like everyone was sort of friends with everyone, so they didn't really have to audition or like check things out, and everyone kind of knew the songs. And the <laughs> the like as they're going in, they decide like, oh, we're going to do a cover of uh, the Seeker by the Who, mm-hmm. and apparently they shouted over to him like, oh, do you know the the Seeker by the Who? And he was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, of course, of course I do, of course I do. And then um, they went in to start playing. But apparently, what he had heard in his head was, uh, "Do you know a song like he he got mixed up with the Seekers? I will never find another you." <laughs> <laughs> Quite different. A, yeah, and apparently, because uh, he just went in, they, they were he led them in with the drums, and uh, apparently, the tempo of that song is like like three or four times faster oh, <laughs> and, like, they, and then instead of trying to stop them they all just tried to play along but they were just playing the song at like super fast speed and my dad was saying like his fingers just couldn't keep up with the chords or anything just, like, <laughs> and apparently he said like the the crowd was a mix of people just falling over laughing because they knew what happened and then other people still trying to dance to it and stuff <laughs> so basically they invented punk yeah <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of like a, if um you know the the Back to the Future Johnny B. Good scene went went drastically wrong, and like totally. <laughs> it was just like the end of that scene. Just like yeah, that was the whole thing. We're just like <laughs> we're just playing way way off base and way too fast. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> oh my god, that's great! That is a really good one. Anything else um, about Spinal Tap or this minute that you all want to comment on before we kind of wrap up episode seventy six? Uh, no, 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 not really. No, I think I, there's other stuff, but I can like leave that to the next minute, really. So uh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. save stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good, Sean. How about you? Are you good for seventy six? Yeah, I'm, I'm good for minute seventy six. But uh, I tell you what, I would like to hear about is what's going on. What's the story? What's the scoop on Bat Minute eighty nine? Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, please. <laughs> Take it away, Niall. You're, you're the, <laughs> you're the yes, mouthpiece. Niall. 
I'm the Facebook mouthpiece. I'm the Twitter mouthpiece. Okay. Uh, well, Batman at 89 is a podcast where we uh, talk about it. <laughs> oh, it's very, it's a, we're doing the same thing that you, know, you guys are doing with Spinal Tap, but we're doing it with the first Tim Burton Batman film. And at present, uh, as of recording, uh, we have our teaser episode out. And people are free to listen to that right now. Uh, but I think we're aiming for July 3rd is when we're going to start rolling out the main episodes. So probably by the time this airs, uh, yeah. the show will have started proper. So Yeah. So today, as soon as we're, fu- we're done here, listeners, go out and get yourself some Bat Minute 89, Minute 1. So oh, yeah. Good timing. And we do, uh, I, I believe both of you have, have agreed to come on to guest at some point. In the... Absolutely. I know uh, Sean's got the, uh, he specifically <laughs> asked for the, the mime sequence. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. But uh, I know, Heidi, you're, op- you're open to any minute. But we were, I guess I was thinking, like, because of your you know strong interest in music, it would be one of the Prince sequences. But that's oh, up that to yourself, be... really. Like, uh, Yeah, no, that would be fantastic. I, I try to just leave it up to the gods, you know, like, whatever minute drifts into my transom i'll do a minute or five well feel free to check the show out even if you haven't seen batman or don't know batman because we do spend about 90 percent of the time going completely off topic as well (laughs) as all the best podcasts do oh yeah and i'll I'll mention to you know to, to, to folks that are listening if you haven't seen that tim burton batman or you haven't seen it recently check it out I, I definitely worth checking out. I hadn't seen it for a long, long time, and I rewatched it maybe two or three years ago. And I had in my memory, I'm like, "Nah, eh, this it's it's you know, it's not as good. It doesn't really match up with the darker, the the Christian Bale type Batman." <gasps> and <laughs> but I was wrong. On rewatching it, I found it it aged very well. It compares very well. Michael Keaton as Batman. Did a, a much better job than I remembered. Yes, we I love kind of him. painted he, it in my memory hero. as oh, it's Michael Keaton. It's you know from some of his other. It's it's Mr. Basically, Mr. Mom is Batman, and I was I, I admit I was wrong on rewatching it. My my memory of his performance and of the movie was uh, was incorrect, and I found mm. it it aged well. It's a good movie. It's a good portrayal, and and Tim Burton makes a lot of. He's an interesting director. He does a lot of interesting things. So, uh, you know, in addition to listening to the podcast, which of course all our listeners should do, but also give the movie a watch as well. It, it's a pretty good movie. I, I I myself had to have like a uh, like in, in the years following uh, the Dark Knight coming out. There was mm-hmm. a real honeymoon period with that film, where it was just like, why would you watch any other film featuring ba- where the Joker is the main antagonist of a Batman film? That's it. That's the best one. Oh no! And, uh, and then it, 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 you know, I had that for a while, and then like a, you know, a year or two passed. And I watched 89 mm-hmm. again, and I was like, no, this is still great. This, like, it's a very different beast. Even though, and we get to it in the podcast, there's a lot of you know, similarities, in even in terms of the plot, that Chris Nolan actually takes over from both. And particularly the original script by Sam Hamm. There's a lot of things in there. It's like, huh, that's not in the 89 film, but it pops up in The Dark Knight. That's a bit mm-hmm. weird. So uh, you, can, you can find out the answers to those little teasers <laughs> and more if you should eventually listen to Bat Minute 89. <laughs> not should you you will listen you will <laughs> yes you guys said one of you is the twitter and one of you is the facebook so what what are your handles or how do people find you on the the socials 
Um, well, you can just look up. Uh, we've got a page, Batman eighty nine on Facebook. There's also a group, uh, our listeners society. We didn't think of an imaginative name for that, mm-hmm. so it's just Batman eighty nine listeners society. Um, or you can go on Twitter, which is again at Batman eighty nine. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Batman eighty nine once again. <laughs> and uh, you can look Excellent. us up on Tumblr as well, but we don't use Tumblr very much. So if it, if you do, that might make us use it more. You, you, he, he's, he's really trying to make the like, end of every episode. He's really plugging this tumbler. <laughs> he's really trying to make this tumbler happen. But well, I, I'm lazy with the tumbler. Someone needs to message me or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Definitely looking forward to it, and uh, I'm glad that you guys are are doing it because you're both. You know, as you, as everybody could tell just by listening to this episode, have a lot of interesting stories to tell. So. Very cool. Um, yeah, and um, you all know where you can find us. We're similarly easy to find at Spinal Tap Minute, pretty much everywhere. Dot com, at this, that, the other, Twitter, Instagram, Groupies Lounge on Facebook, all those good places. All right. So, uh, Niall and John, can we can we convince you to stick around for another minute? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you're putting on some <laughs> snacks, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> busy people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I've got a whole, you know, sitting around and staring at a wall to do over here. Come on. <laughs> no, no. We 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 can come back. We can uh, <laughs> as long as we get to stay overnight on the sofa or something. We can. Yes, uh, yes. Well, we'll we'll put you up. We've got you know a blanket and a pillow on the sofa, and then at the very least, you got to stick around for the end of the song. For, oh yeah. Uh, you know, you can't just leave in the middle of a performance like that. So <laughs> that's a big no no. <laughs> All right. So we got you guys sticking around. Hopefully uh all the listeners out in podcast land will come on back tomorrow for minute seventy seven. But until next time, and so say all of us Tap, tap into, into America. America. America.